Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Hey, what's up, guys? Coming up next, we have Eric Watson. Um, in this episode, we talk a lot about public safety, the resources, the things needed to be safe in our community. Um, we also talk about social competence, how important that is uh, for not only career that Eric does, but student athletes and students, parents, uh, people in the community. We have to be more aware of our resources and our surroundings when it comes to public safety. Um, so very interesting interview. Um, let's get into it. Again, welcome to Triple Threat Podcast. It's our, you know, this is our third season, and our focus this season is is really social competence and public safety. And um, before we get started, you know, we've been talking to even, uh, and I get talking about we how we talking to CJCC. We've been talking to a lot of people recently about just that whole terminology, social competence, right? And find out that a lot of professionals, I mean, you know, great successful people, is is it's an uncommon, you know, approach. So right before we get started, I'll kind of give the, the definition of social competence. Social competence consists of social, emotional, cognitive, and behavioral skills needed for successful social adaptation. Social competence also reflects having the ability to take another's perspective concerning a situation, learn from past experiences, and apply that learning to the changes in social interactions. So our approach as beginning in social competence, talking about the power of student athlete, getting athletes competent in what they got to do with nutrition, training, you know, dealing with colleges. Um, even when we talk to high school, we talk about the power of character, power of personality. And now talking with the C CJCC, working some other things, we're talking about the power of laws. We talk about that another time. But now it's the power of public safety, the power of safety. And um my question to you is, you know, what's, what's your take on social competence, especially when it comes to public safety? I mean, you know, I, I got to go back when I when I look at social competence, uh, I got to go back to just self-awareness, uh, awareness and, and how how I was raised uh, in an environment uh, that exposed me to a lot of things um, as a young, young kid growing up downtown. And it did not expose me to a lot of things. Right. Uh, and I, I use my, my personal life as an, as an example as to why I got into law enforce, enforcement, why I got into public safety. Uh, it, was not, it was never a goal of mine to uh, enter law enforcement. Uh, my circumstances kind of nudged me uh, along that way, what I call my pivotal moment in my, my, my life mm -hmm. uh, when I was arrested by a city of Charleston cop for disobeying an officer. Um, and I used I use that. Uh, as a motivational tool 
uh, to number one, educate myself uh, more about the system, uh, more about law enforcement, more about laws, more about my individual rights as a human being. And, and I advanced through the course of my, my career and I, I got my degrees. And as I, I elevated myself within my career, I use a lot of my personal experiences uh, dealing with law enforcement, dealing, living in a, an environment that was uh, uh, infested with, with crime and, and poverty, uh, growing up in a single parent household. So, so I was able to adapt a whole lot more quicker uh, than most my most of my coworkers when I go when I went back out in that in that community uh, to communicate. So it goes back to sex, uh, situational awareness, self awareness uh, as to what your community needs. And how to build relationships, really. For sure. You know, uh, how to build relationships, how to communicate and understand that that we all are different people. And in order for you to to work in this profession, you have to be open minded. Uh, you also have to be willing to hear both sides of the story uh, and you have to remove all biases uh, out of the equation uh, to be a, a true public servant. In this timeout message, we got Monty Lee. Our culture as a program, we look at we look at number one. You know, we have our expectations in our sport. We have our expectations in academics. We have our expectations in the community as a citizen, and we have our expectations in the weight room. So those are the four core areas. So when we start to recruit a student athlete, those are the four core areas that we look at. You know, obviously they have to be talented enough to play at this level on right. the on the ball side. Right. So we evaluate the skill set of of the player. You know, then when we look at academics, we want to know what kind of student are they? You know, are they a high level student? Do they take their, their academics seriously? Or are they a borderline student? Um, and you look look, there's times where we recruit a borderline student who may mm. who may struggle academically in certain areas, but works really hard at it. Um, so uh, for me, it's more about you know, what's the work ethic like academically for the student athlete. If, if, a, if an athlete has a strong work ethic academically, but may not be a 4.0 student or even you know barely as a 3.0 student, but they work very, very hard, that athlete's going to be able to make it here. Now, let's get back to the interview. And what you said, I want to piggyback on that before you go to the next question about you using your experiences to kind of enhance your social competency. And back in 2015, I was arrested for unlawful carry because I didn't know the laws of how to carry. So you figure situation with John Morant in the NBA going through the same situation with just 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 gun carrying gun situations and talking to the CJCC, you know, I was, I was, I was told like that's one of the top, you know, arrests in South Carolina is unlawful carry. So there again, using my experiences um, to kind of help educate student athlete population and the community on how to, on just on proper gun carrying. And, and I think that's a great thing as, as human beings, we use some of our, our low, low times, our turbulence in our lives to kind of create, a better situation for ourselves and everybody else. Yeah, and you, when, you, when you mentioned CJCC, you talked about Charles County Criminal Justice Coordinating Council, 
uh, that reports directly to me and I have oversight over. And, and that's that that project, uh, that department is geared towards reform. Uh, reform, sure. uh, everything's based on, on data, it's data driven, uh, and it's based on reforming the criminal justice system and making our community a whole lot more aware why people are being arrested and finding solutions to prevent these little minor, minor offenses from overpopulating the jail. Uh, we, we reduce the jail population. Uh, we, re, we, re, uh, we reduce uh, all the, the monies that's needed uh, for his operation, and we can divert those funds um, elsewhere um, and, and use those funds elsewhere in the community. Um, and the community plays a, a real key role uh, in the CJCC uh, a mission overall. For sure, for sure. And, and we also talk about a great thing of using public safety as, as careers. Um, what are some of the career opportunities that public safety that have right now that's that's open to the public that public don't really kind of kind of know about? Well, I mean, it's a very broad, uh, broad profession. So so in my world here, uh, outside of law enforcement, uh, we're hiring for EMTs uh, and, and paramedics. Uh, we're hiring for now one uh, public safety communicators uh, to work in our consolidated dispatch center. Uh, we're, we're hiring for detention officers. Uh, as always, uh, we're hiring for firefighters. Uh, so, so it's a it's a multiple lanes uh, in, in public safety. All depends on what that applicant or what that candidate is looking to do. I can tell you, recently we just started um, a year ago our first EMS EMT academy, mm-hmm. uh, and and what we did there, Jamal, is that we we wanted to to focus more on grabbing a pool of people uh, from our community. Uh, number one, to help us with diversity. Uh, number two, to allow them a career path. Uh, and versus us going out looking for uh, qualified EMTs and paramedics, let's go ahead and reach into our own our own community. And we pay them to train. We pay them to learn. Mm-hmm. And so this, this Friday, uh, we will be graduating our very first class, 17 students. They all, all graduated, all passed certifications. Uh, and there will be state certified, uh, well, they're already state certified, but there'll be 17 EMTs that we will deploy uh, out in our field. And there, these are citizens that, that we hired within Charleston County. In this timeout message, we got Steve Harris. I think right now we have a lot of isolation, not only with adolescents, but with people in general. And so when we're isolated, then we don't necessarily feel the love and the care for uh, at times, which could be to play against our psyche. And so uh, it is a challenging environment right now. And and I guess if uh, the one thing that I like to say is like, like talk to people, text people, you know, make sure you're reaching out. And that's both the coach and the coachee, mm. right? To make those touch points on an individual basis instead of a group text or, or an email. I think those things are ginormously important, uh, even in the workplace. You know, if you want to really get to know the people that work with you, you know, talk to them one on one versus an email that's going to everybody. So I think those things are important. And and again, you know, sometimes the game is not the most important thing, but the mental health and where you are as a person and what's going on with you are, are equally important. And that's what I would advocate in school systems right now. Now, let's get back 
to the interview. And and we talk about social competencies. What what type of competencies that someone would need to kind of get a career in public safety? Well, again, depends on what what, what discipline. Uh, obviously, you're you're gonna have to have some type of education, uh, GED or high school diploma. Uh, some some professions require you to have more than that. You have to have some advanced some advanced degree level uh, education in college, like a two year or four year college. I mean, four year degree. Uh, for the most part, on the average, you're looking for a GED or a high school diploma. Uh, but the most important thing when people apply for these kind of jobs, this is something that you might you 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 must want to do, or willing to do. Uh, just because we're hiring and we're paying you well, uh, a lot of folks looking at the the, the money uh, and instead of the, the duty, you know. Sure. So sure. there's a, there's a lot of sacrifices that's made. Uh, with a lot of employees who who work in this profession, and if you're not willing to make those sacrifices, you know, time away from your family, uh, miss holidays, miss birthdays, and even putting your own life uh, on the line at some point, uh, this is not the job for you. This is you have to be you have to be willing to serve uh, the public. It's above yourself. So if you're not willing to, if you don't have those characteristics, uh, this is not the job for you. Uh, that goes from law enforcement, firefighting. Uh, EMTs, paramedics, uh, dispatching, the whole gamut. If you're not, if you don't have it in your heart to be a true public servant, willing to serve people and others instead of yourself, uh, this is not a profession for you. Uh, so you know sports pretty well. So I got you know a question of how to relate. What if you if I say if I throw out a sport, I want you to throw out a, a department or career that kind of goes along with that sport per se, if, if, if that's possible, um, football. Well, I'm, I'm going to put it all on the line. Every, everything is a team sport. So everything that we do in, in, in public safety is a team sport. Uh, uh, be you be at an EMT or paramedic, when you respond to a call, you're not responding by yourself, responding with, with another EMT or paramedic and law enforcement too. same rule apply. When you when you respond to a call, you rely on a whole uh, system to work. Everything begins with uh, our consolidated dispatch center and communication with 911 calls. Uh, that's the core. That's the very first step of most responses. When citizens call our 911 center, uh, they're required to dispatch those calls, the, the critical information to law enforcement, uh, to fire, uh, to our EMS, our EMTs and paramedics. Uh, across the gamut, so it's a team. It's a team process, team approach. It's a much broader system to rely. Every system relies on each other to work functionally. If one one fail, something's going to happen. And hopefully, it is when when things happen in our profession, either someone uh, is unlawfully arrested or hurt or, or killed. You know, so so it's a team. It's a team sport. Uh, basketball, football, soccer. Uh, you know, outside of tennis, uh, I'll, I'll lump everything uh, into the basketball, football, uh, and uh, even even baseball. Right. Uh, as as uh, I look at public safety. And I ask that question because when you're talking about athletes and playing a sport, you know, just losing the game or having a bad practice, you have to regulate those emotions. So, and that's why I say a lot of time, but athletes being so competitive and having those impulse control during game time can be very beneficial in, in corporate America and work environments because of those skill sets that they have. So I think even in public safety and high crime or like you said, those high emergencies, 
athletes can really be effective. And that's why my, when I'm talking to athletes about career opportunities, um, I push them to this way because again, this, you, you, we love to deal with people. We, we're, we're competitive, we're creative. And some of those skills that requires to do some of the job that you guys are offering. Yeah. Anxiety, anxiety and emotions play a part and, you know, we're human beings too as well. So uh, be it we respond to a, a shooting call or, or a house on fire or a sick person, uh, anxiety naturally plays a role uh, in, in your, your response mode. Uh, so emotions, something that, that we're trained to try to do is we're trained to try to control our anxieties and emotions and remain calm uh, doing, the, doing these kind of responses. So uh, just like being, being in sports, being in basketball, just like the Boston Celtics in the Miami Heat uh, game, uh, this, this past week right here, um, you know, those guys, we all were expecting the Celtics to pull out. Well, at least I was, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and especially playing at their home court, uh, the, the emotions got the best of them. Uh, sure. the anxieties got the best of them and, and their panic, especially after their team leader, uh, Tatum got hurt. Uh, and that just, that just a deflated entire team, but the same, the same concept, uh, applies to, to public safety. The most important message to get across to student athletes suffering from mental health issues is that you're not alone. Many student athletes deal with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and other mental health struggles. If this is the case, speak to someone like a counselor, a parent, a trusted adult, or your fellow teammate. Adults who are supporting a student athlete should be aware of the signs. A student athlete who is experiencing mental health difficulties might have constant fatigue, loss of appetite, mood swings, apathy, or even declining grades and or social isolation. A student athlete's mental health can be severely affected by an injury. An athlete's entire life becomes about their sport. And when they lose the ability to play, it can take a huge toll mentally. As we continue to reduce the stigma around mental health, hopefully more middle and high school level student athletes will feel confident discussing their health, whether it be mental or physical. The Triple Threat Podcast will be adding a psychology aspect in season two. We will be doing our part to help destigmatize mental health when it comes to student athletes. So subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform so you never miss an episode. Now let's get back to the interview. I know you mentioned it earlier, but I want you to drive that home again. When you talk about entry-level positions, if someone that's listening to this podcast that's interested and have those skill sets you're talking about, how do they go to like get more information or even apply for some of those career opportunities? Well, we have access. You can you can access us through uh, information through social media. We have, we're on all levels of platform: Facebook, uh, Instagram. You also can visit Charleston County Government website. Uh, look underneath employment tab. Uh, we have a host of job openings uh, from uh, not even in public safety, but just strictly uh, uh, at every level within our government, uh, we're hiring. 
Um, so, and, and there, that would direct you to an online application uh, that, you, that you can fill out. And we also have, uh, again, our EMS Academy, where we train uh, citizens to be, become EMTs. Um, and, and we're graduating our first class before uh, this Friday and our next academy class starts, in, I believe, in September of this year. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, 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 and lastly, we you know, talk about because, again, public safety goes a wide range of different services and departments. Can you just just enlighten the, the audience about those different departments? Because I'm very limited, as we talked about before, on the different departments that you guys, you know, operate. Sure. Well, I can tell you the department that falls within my, my oversight uh, is the Charles County Consolidated Dispatch Center, uh, Charleston County Criminal Justice Coordinating Council, uh, Charleston County EMS, Ondaw uh, McCullum uh, uh, Fire District, uh, Charleston County Emergency Management uh, Department, and I also serve as a law enforcement liaison uh, for county government and county council. And we also have a brand new department that, that's within my directorate, uh, our Tri-County Biological Science Center, that's uh, designed to process DNA uh, in, in the Tri-County area. So that's, that's within a, my- That's a new department, right? You guys just coming, right? Yes, sir. That's very yeah. that's fairly new. Um, and uh, we, we just hired our, our director last year, uh, a young guy out of Michigan, um, very bright and, and highly credentialed. Uh, he's helping lead the charge on that. And so the goal with, with that uh, department is once it's developed is to create a uh, an internship pipeline uh, for colleges in a, in a tri-county area in the entire wow. state, wow. Uh, particularly our circle black colleges too as well, uh, to introduce uh, students, juniors and seniors in colleges uh, into the forensic world. Uh, because throughout my career, I've always been approached uh, by kids you know, that want to get into, into that profession they don't want to become, they don't want to be law enforcement or dispatching. They want to get into that, that, that forensic world. Mm -hmm. uh, and this right here is a, a great way, a great tool, a resource that they can use uh, to help them along the way. Why, why do you think that's a, 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 a new interest to forensic? You think it's the movies and the... In the yeah, you know, every, everyone see the, 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 the movies, uh, 48 hours. Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's a, I worked in criminal investigations over 15 years. And I can tell you, uh, it's, it requires a lot of patient, patience, knowledge, and skill to process crime scenes. So when you, when you come across a, a crime scene, be it a shooting or a, 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 a dead body on the scene, uh, just to work that case from the very beginning uh, to the end, uh, that would made me pretty much really understand, or understand mm. the full scope. Mm. of law enforcement because I, I touched on every aspect of that profession just from that just from that one case. Got you. Got you. And it's a lot of things that just we don't know and how things operate. And I think just we talking about as a culture of, of tapping into our culture, I think that community really would, would have an interest in this type of work because it's something that's that's untapped. I don't think we get a lot of a lot of a lot of interest flowing for us career opportunities. In, in, in that way. So I think I, I commend you for having an idea and reaching out to the community, especially the HBCUs of uh, trying to, you know, get those, get that community and culture involved in this type of type of work. That's the thing that's, that's on. That's great. Yeah. You know, growing up, you like you, you and I grew up uh, downtown, man. And uh, we didn't, you know, I can speak for myself that we didn't have 
uh, the resources that we have now. Um, and so a lot of things that, uh, that we have now uh, make it a point. One thing I've learned throughout my career is, and I've always tells my guys who work for me that uh, we are in a position to help others grow. And, and, uh, and, and that's why I look at it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not here for myself. I look, I, I'm always trying to find ways to help the community. Uh, if, if I can place someone or a group of individuals in a position to, to better themselves through education, uh, through, through public service, uh, I will definitely encourage them. And that's one thing that we need to start doing as a whole is encourage our young folks to get into public sure. service. Um, and that's one thing we're lacking. It's very hard for us to compete against the private sector. Uh, we try, we try to do it, but we just can't. Um, so, but if we teach our, our youth, uh, particularly, and I tell you, I'll use our most recent EMS graduation class. When I met, when I met them the first time, I told them, I don't want you to look at this as a job. Okay. I want you to look at this as a career field, a profession. Yes, this is a job, but look at it as a long, a, a long-term career uh, that will that will be rewarding. But it's challenging, but it'll be rewarding in the end. Uh, and and the, the goal here is to for you to number one better our community, better public safety, and while while you're doing that, you better yourself too. Um, so that's my model uh, going forward: is to invest back in our community, uh, and particularly our, our youth. Uh, because we're not going to be here forever, right? So for we sure. need to make sure we have that foundation set set in stone before we leave here. For sure, for sure. Well, E, man, like, you know, I think we, maybe about a year ago, maybe two, maybe two years ago, we had our, our meeting in Bonefish, and we and I talked about some things I was wanting to do, and, you know, and, um, and uh, you was like, hey, look, you got the paperwork right, you got the thing right, I'll support you and, and make it happen. And a part of our thing is, is, again, just making, helping the community be social competent and whatever, uh, community laws, whatever we can help out with. So I, I, I greatly appreciate your support and involvement in helping us, you know, thread that needle like that. It's, 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 it's been awesome having that. And we're going to continue with your other departments, bringing them on and just kind of educating them on, on all what they do as well. Sure. What you're doing, man, with today foundation is, 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 uh, is a model. Uh, it's a model when you, when you team up with public safety and, and just through education period, uh, I think it goes a long way. We're just looking to, you know, we can't, we can't save everyone. Right. But we can sure. save at least one or two. For sure. Um, so, but, but with your, your partnership with, with us, like I told you before, uh, you have a great program. Uh, we, I'll do anything within my power to, to continue to help you and support you, bro. For sure. For sure. Well, I appreciate you big guy and uh, look forward to continue, you know, educating the community about, about public safety and social confidence. All right, cool. Appreciate you, man. So there it goes, guys. Another one in the books. I want to thank uh, Eric Watson for coming on and giving us his wealth of knowledge of, uh, of public safety. Uh, moving forward, we have a, a couple of more um, episodes where we talk to different departments um, from the public safety uh, services. And while we're focusing on social competence with student athletes when it comes to nutrition, laws, um, character, personality. Uh, we're big on, on that and focusing on making sure athletes, as just well as students, are competent in their society. Uh, thanks for engaging. We'll be right back. What Jermel is doing with Today Foundation and the approach he's taking to help develop young athletes 
first of all, getting him prepared from the academic standpoint, which, as you know as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly, to get the proper education, and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college. But I love what Jermel is doing. It's a wonderful program. Hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program because these are the kind of things that every community needs. Looking out for the best interest of a youth. The future of this country is in our youth. And everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful. And, and I can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what Jermel is doing. And hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. New York City.